and the category is bad CEO behavior. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash, an off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Welcome to TFG Unbuttoned. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host, Tim Bennett. Find us Tuesdays and look for the Focus Group on Wednesdays from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube and Facebook. And, of course, focusgroupradio.com is where you'll find all the information out about our show and all our media. And a big thank you to America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, and that would be Critics' Choice Video, which we will be speaking about a little later in the broadcast. So... If you are a fan of Star Wars and you are listening to this podcast today, May 4th, this is one of those unofficial Star Wars holidays, kind of an invented holiday, sort of like a Hallmark thing. And it's uh, May the 4th be with you, which is a play on May the 4th be with you. So uh, happy May 4th day to Star Wars fans. Sorry about that. I was wondering how long (laughs) it was going to take for you to go there. And it's under 30 seconds. I I, would have lost money. There you go. Do do you do anything special? (laughs) No, no. I, I just think it's kind of amusing that it's turned into something because of a, a kind of a weird alliterative rhyme like May 4th, you know, may the force be with you. I think that um, Disney Plus released today something called The Bad Batch, which is a new uh, season of something called The Clone Wars, an animated TV show, which I actually enjoy. But yeah, it's turned into this kind of funny, unofficial holiday, unofficial Star Wars holiday. So there you go. Yeah. May the fourth be with you. I, yeah, I I saw it, and I I had seen some other people had posted some things as well. So I, and they were getting ready for it. It was almost like Cinco de Mayo, and everybody getting getting ready. Oh yeah, it's like it's like name an invented holiday, right? Like let's say Valentine's Day. <laughs> they get all the merch ready for the May fourth, yeah, right? No, well. How's your house? Uh, other than that, you uh, you've had a good start to your week. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. It's uh, welcome to May, everybody. Uh, May Day was a little chilly, at least upstate. May I think May Day is May first, and um, I did go for a nice bike ride upstate. It was beautiful, but a little chilly. But again, it's that edge of spring, you know, uh, edge of and end of winter, edge of spring thing. Other than that, it's fine. Well, here we are in May. It's hard to believe. When I was uh, a district manager back in the day, I remember it was it was the weekend before Mother's Day, or right around Mother's Day, and I I had a dealer up in the UP of Michigan, which is way up in, in Marquette. So if you you think of Michigan as the mitten, and there's a chunk of Michigan which is way up north, you know, broken off from the mitten, and they had over a foot of snow, like 14 inches of snow on Mother's Day, and I remember saying, "Boy, how could you live here?" <laughs> It's kind of like Canada. You know, um, we've been lucky uh, upstate. You know, the weather can be, um, what's the word? A friend of mine used to use the word mercurial for the weather upstate. You know, one day it's 70, the next day it's, you know, 32 and snowing. And we have a pear tree in the uh, the backyard. And the last couple of years, it started to blossom. And then a frost would come and boom, no pears. That's it. This year, it. Well, I don't want to jinx it, but so far so good. It seems to be moving through the sea and hopefully we'll get a lot of pears and when we do bob usually makes pear vodka so i, I i'm hoping well, flowers, i was gonna ask you have you had have you had pears in the past from there oh yeah 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 we had wonderful pears but again if it, it, it sometimes with these warm-ups that happen at the end of winter that are kind of like fall spring right. that everything starts blooming and then wham it gets nailed by a frost now, did you plant it or was it already on the property you know i think bob planted it 
it's it's grown pretty well. And uh, you know, pear trees are funny. They there there needs to be a male and a female pear tree. I don't know if you're no. aware of this. They don't have to be in close proximity, but they do pollinate each other. It's kind of fascinating. I remember when someone gave us the lowdown on the pear tree. Give it to Bob. It couldn't be something simple. <laughs> I need a female and I need a male. I couldn't just plant one tree, Bob. Well, we didn't. <laughs> Yeah, well, we didn't know. We didn't know. So knowing is better than not knowing. All right. As I teased at the uh, the opener here, um, two of our stories this week deal with uh, CEO behavior, and um, they're they're very far apart on the spectrum. But we'll start with the first one, which comes to us from Tennessee. And the headline reads: A Tennessee CEO was fired after he was accused of harassing a teenage boy who wore a dress to prom. So it takes a bit to get into the story, but we'll speed it up and say that um, a bunch of teens were at this hotel getting ready for prom and a young boy thought it would be fun. And this is long before the CEO. I think his name was Dalton Stevens, who's 18, but he decided to wear a dress to his senior prom in Franklin, which is about 20 miles south of Nashville, to show that clothing is really genderless and it has no meaning. Almost like a costume, right? Kind of like when you're a kid, you put on clothes as a costume. He said he was shocked when an adult began homophobic as he and his boyfriend, Jacob Geitman, began, he acted homophobic, sorry, began taking photos with friends at a hotel before the Franklin High School prom. Stevens said a man approached the couple and asked whether Stevens knew what he was wearing. The man, who has been identified as Visual CEO Sam Johnson, is alleged to have asked why Stevens chose to wear a dress. And the young boy or the young man answered, I think I look good in it and that I really like the dress and I want to show that clothing is genderless. Stevens said, he responded, and I explained that to him and he continued to just call me names and just follow me. Stevens alleged that Johnson called him stupid as well as vulgar names in a homophobic manner and that Johnson told him that he has hair on your chest. You shouldn't be wearing a dress. (laughs) Boy, that one line for me. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about where this exchange has been going, right? Why don't you continue for me? No, I um. So, lo and behold, the video goes viral. The kids post this video. The police are called. The police come. Um, there's two sides to the story. The hotel asked uh, asked the um, guy Sam Johnson, the CEO, to leave the premises. Um, they Sam Johnson says. It did not go down the way that these guys have said and that they've obviously edited the video. Um, These kids said, uh, no, it did go down. And actually, he did swing at us or swipe at us because the other guy's boyfriend, um, Jacob Getman, um, started taking pictures or started photographing or or filming the the whole exchange. And um, so what ended up happening was the CEO from Visual, which is a telemedicine company, ended up losing his job. And so they fired him. So I had gone to, I had gone and looked the guy up and to see what he looked like. I don't know if you'd seen the video. Oh yeah. I saw a picture of him. What did you think? Kind of Casper milk toast. And I don't mean to be nasty, but it was, I I was surprised, frankly. I'm like, this is the one that got fired. Well, he looked, well, he looked looked young, young to me. And Mm -hmm. so he looked probably late thirties, early forties, I thought. So I thought, okay, he probably, it, because as you read the story, I'm thinking, well, maybe it's some crotchety old 60-some-year-old. The way the story was written, I thought it's probably some late, old, old guy that was half in the bag, drunk at the bar, that saw this young kid in a dress and, and went off. That's kind of how I read the story. But then when I saw it, it looked like the guy was younger than, you know, probably in his late 30s, early 40s, and maybe did have a couple of drinks at the bar. That's kind of what they alluded to. 
and then approached the kid and said, hey, you look like an idiot. What are you doing? And it all you know, got out of control from there. I was wondering, I guess my question to you was, would, would this have been okay? Would, not that it's okay. But had this happened five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, um, would the guy have gotten fired or would it even have been a story? Um, I think the answer to that is no, the guy probably wouldn't have. Um, and uh, it may have happened, but nobody would have known about it because the key takeaway for me was this sentence. Geitman began recording at some point. That's the boyfriend to this uh, the young man who was wearing the dress. Welcome to 2021, where every single person has a device that can capture crystal clear audio, video, photography, you name it, stream movies, etc. And that's what's happening here is now these visual records. So you could record this, throw it up on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, whatever it may be. And boom, suddenly you have a, a built in audience that's going to, you know, repost it. And uh, like a virus, it's going to just take off. So um I think that it this stuff probably did go on and has gone on, but it wasn't always caught <laughs> on camera in such a way. So I just think this is one of those things where why would he get involved? And I, and I keep coming back to the CEO that lost his job. Like, what was he getting out of this by getting involved in it, by by uh, haranguing the kids, right? I mean, would you, have, would you even think of walking up to them and saying something? Well, that's where probably I think the booze took place, right? He, he had a couple of pops and thought he was going to be smart ass and went over and said something. Because otherwise, you're exactly right. In this sort of situation, just leave it alone. And their kids out doing whatever they're doing. Who knows whether they're going to a play or what they're doing. Obviously, they were going to prom. You just leave it be and move on, right? You just you just ignore it. But he ended up losing his job over it. And, you know, that's the issue now with, with as you said, with this stuff is that these people get involved or why do you care? You know what I mean? There, there you go. And, you know, when I was in um, years ago and I did some therapy, um, I remember my therapist used to say to me, it's like, what, and what's your investment in this? Right. <laughs> and when you really think about it, what was his investment in getting, you know, in a, in a tangled uh, little cat fight with the, the prom goers. Weird. It's just strange, yeah. right? Yeah. All right. Our second one is a Chihuahua story, which is probably close to Tim's heart because a little spike and Chihuahuas have great personalities. And instead, well, or this one named Prancer, the demonic Chihuahua. Uh, the headline reads, man-hating demonic rage machine Chihuahua <laughs> finally finds his forever home with big-hearted lesbian. This is what I call good advertising. So a woman at a shelter who was caring for Prancer posted an ad to, to find a forever home for Prancer. And I think she was pretty straightforward and honest in, in her, how she put this. So her name was uh, Tiffany Fortuna, and she's from Jersey, and she posted this. Uh, she described it as a, the dog as a 13-pound rage machine. <laughs> And she said Prancer would suit a home that was free of men and children and other animals. So ideally with just women or a lesbian couple. The post went viral. And a woman um, named Ariel Davis, who's 36 from New Haven, responded. Uh, there was an exchange. She went down. And I do think she adopted Prancer literally the same day. And the dog's living very happily with her. And she is, in fact, a single lesbian. And her roommate is a woman. So it seems like the criteria of the home front has been met, right? Yeah. And... And you're exactly right. You know, Spike um, somewhat accidentally ended up in my house. He's 19 years old this year, if you can believe it. And, but, you know, they're a difficult breed. 
And they became very popular with a lot of these movies. Well, a lot of the movie stars were using these chihuahuas as arm candy. And they were overbred, and then a lot of people adopted them, but then found out they were very difficult to, they're very difficult animal to own. They require a lot of attention. They're extremely devoted to their owners, but um, they're a tough, tough dog. I mean, even this weekend with Spike, I, I took him to go get his nails and, 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 and to, the, to the little doggy spa. And the, oh, oh, I said, don't go, don't, don't approach him. Don't, you know, I said, let me, <laughs> because he's cantankerous. And, um, you know, people want to go up and see him because he looks so cute and whatever. But I said, he's very cantankerous and you kind of have to make your way to him. You know how he's, what he's like. And, um, but they're a difficult breed and, uh, and they're very, um, Napoleon like, I guess, in their, in their behavior. And, and so I laughed when I saw this story and that's kind of why I picked it because, uh, they, they all seem to be kind of the same in their, in their behavior in, in a certain way. Um, I don't know, like Spike, you know, he just. He, when he knows you, he just like barks to say hi and he wants to be on the lap and get pet. And, you know, um, this woman who adopted Prancer, by the way, she had a Chihuahua um, years earlier. Um, and I suppose it had the same personality because when she wrote to Tiffany Fortuna, the woman that was uh, posting this adoption thing, she said they were very similar, that the, her old dog, they were similar in demeanor and looking into Prancer's eyes in those pictures. I saw the little shit doodle I love so much. And so she apparently had a dog that had this personality. <laughs> I guess she likes that, right? Yeah, I mean, they are lovable and they can be very loyal. And I mean, I, I would certainly consider getting a chihuahua again if, uh, if the time came. But um, they're, they're tough. They're tough. But, but um, you know, all animals can be. It's a commitment, right? So. Well, and it's also training and it's the owner like well, our neighborhood now, I guess because of the uh, the pandemic, a lot of people, a lot of puppies have appeared and they're growing up. And um, but there are a lot of dog owners who have dogs that are older. And there's this uh, couple, this guy and this woman who walk their old chihuahuas. And I've seen them a couple times now and the dogs could not be friendlier. And in fact, it's kind of funny because if you walk and if you if you look at the dogs as you walk by these two old ones they will just sit down and look up at you and they want to. Oh, really? And so one, and so one day this happened, there's a school in front of our uh, apartment building and I, and they're walking the dogs and they sit and I pet them both and they're very friendly. And one of the owners, the girl says, Oh, they're, they're going to be your friends for life. And the, and the, her boyfriend or her husband says, uh, yeah, yeah, they'll be your friend. For life. He, he goes, they will look for any excuse to park their butt and not go for a walk. <laughs> So they're they're using human attention and being pet <laughs> as an ex, as a crutch for not going on the walk. So I think they're very smart animals, and I think they're wonderful. They could they you know as with any dog, they could be neurotic or they could be fun. It depends on the on the individual. That's animal. funny. Jeez. All right, and our last uh, story is another uh, CEO story, although this one's a little different. Um, in that uh, the CEO of a $2 billion startup was ousted for taking LSD at work. Now, the headline is a touch misleading. Well, maybe not. Literally, he did take LSD, but he was doing something called microdosing, which he wanted to help get better focus with. But um, this startup called Iterable, must be a software company, dismissed chief executive uh, and CEO Justin Zhu after it was discovered that he had taken a small amount of LSD at work and he called it microdosing. In an email to staff, the founder said this is totally against the employee handbook. 
I laughed at that one because I thought like page five, paragraph three, never microdose at work. I mean, there was probably some code of conduct or something, but he was let go. And there you have it. Um, strange little article, right? Yeah. And I went and I, I, I looked and the, the, there was also a, a write up in Fortune about this as well. And they didn't say whether he was totally gone um, because the paragraph says, it says, although uh, he was described, uh, Zhu was described as a world-class innovator and creative thinker whose vision, creativity, and passion will remain a core part of our culture. So, but it says he was dismissed. So I don't know if he was just dismissed as CEO or he would still be a part of the company as a co-founder. But, um, and, and then they talked a little bit about how Steve Jobs had talked about experimenting with, with other sorts of uh, drugs, whether it was LSD or, and then they talk a little bit about ecstasy being used currently for post-traumatic stress disorder. I don't know about this. I, you know, he's founder of the company, right? Or he's mm-hmm. I, one of them, I suppose. What do yeah. you, what, 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 what do you think? I don't know. I, I was, I was conflicted on this. This is an interesting one in that I am going to put a marker on the table and say, I bet a lot of people, um, have done something during the course of their workday, which would get them probably fired according to some kind of strict code of conduct. I used to, I, I had a friend who once was on, I was on the phone with him. It was like nine Oh five or something. It was 10 minutes from the office. He said, I got to finish this joint before I get to work. Um, <laughs> it wasn't micro dosing, but it was something that's similar, right? So it's an interesting one. I mean, uh, I guess they, they had a very, uh, probably a heated conversation about this, or at least a very productive one where they're like, okay, well, he took it not to necessarily be altered, but to have a better focus, which is, I don't know, good night's sleep can maybe do that as well. But yeah, I guess it was just a zero tolerance policy. Right. Or I wonder if there were other issues going on and they use this as an excuse because they said this happened in 2019, right? So I wonder if there's some other things that were happening and they're like, okay, you know, we're, we're trying to find a way to move him along. And uh, we did find out that he was talking about that he did this microdosing. So this is one way for us to to move him out of the role of CEO. Um, true, true. Considering that it's uh, you know a year and a half or however long later that you're probably right. Like, hey, hey, HR, could you pull the file on that, Jason? And there must be something in here. We <laughs> it sound. I guess now that you put it that way, that might yeah, be trying to get focused because don't people? What isn't Ritalin? Is that what they used to give kids for focus or? <laughs> That's actually prescribed all the time for ADHD yeah. and a whole bunch of other things. Yeah, I, I, th- this one to me was a little bit of a head scratcher, but it certainly made all of the uh, probably because it's uh, out in California and, and uh, you know Tech Tech Valley that uh, it made a lot of news. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't well, know because <laughs> you know people. It's okay to drink, or it used to be okay to drink during lunch when you you know back mm-hmm. in the day. I don't know if it it is anymore. You go out for the two martini lunch. That was always when I would always ask my boss, you know, you'd ask him after lunch. You got whatever you wanted. <laughs> it's time to ask for the raise after you get back. Can I have tomorrow off? Sure. Yeah, I agree. Sure. Uh, sure thing. Go ahead. All right. Is that the uh, beginning of the podcast? I mentioned the Critics' Choice video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, has been a partner of ours here on Unbuttoned since we launched TFGM Buttoned a while ago. And we want to urge you to visit their site by going to ours, focusgroupradio.com, and clicking on the Critics' Choice logo, Critics' Choice video logo. Uh, once you get to the site, you know, you're going to find tons of things. Um, I recommend 
that you request a catalog. It's upper left-hand corner of the page, comes every five or six weeks. And to me, it's just a fun way of looking for media because it's so random. You open the page to something, it's like, oh yeah, they, they make that. I should grab that. So did anything catch your eye over at uh, Critics' Choice? Well, there are a number week? of things. There's always, as you mentioned, um, lots of things to explore. And there's always great sales going on. And they have a section called New and Best-Selling DVDs and Blu-rays. And I went through there, and there's some cool musicals. Um, Oklahoma popped up, uh, Camelot. And, um, and then right below it was, I forgot that they did music, books, and gifts. And so it was funny because it, they had a Ouija board and the game Mousetrap. So I thought that was... <laughs> That was kind of <laughs> funny too. I love. And that then a track. star, a Star Trek Discovery magnetic badge operations, which are so I guess it was a collectible thing was there. So um, I, I thought that was funny too. So it was it was kind of this collection of stuff. But the great part about Critics Choice Video is you can can explore and as John says, you can get lost uh, having a good time looking at all the great stuff. So head over to focusgroupradio.com, click on the Critics Choice Video logo, start shopping away. It's America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, and uh, we love it because you can find uh, lots of things that may be hard to find elsewhere. And um, so we always uh, appreciate uh, their support of us and have been with us since the start of TFG Unbuttoned. Learn more about us and find all of our shows at focusgroupradio.com. We hope you have a great week. Be sure to join us on Wednesdays for our show, The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Take care. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.